here a few weeks ago when I was here, you're like going, oh great, this guy's back. So um, that's true, I'm here, okay? And I'm excited to be here. This is the opening day, launch day for Common Ground Carson City. That's awesome. You know what I mean? I'm, hey, come on. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> and you know, I know this is the first day that you've invited, that you've been allowed, apparently, to invite people, right? Derek, that's it? Hey, you said invite people today, right? And so, so Derek asked me, he said, hey, I want you to come. I want you to share what we would call the gospel message, the good news, and we're going to use maybe a different word for that in a few minutes. But um, we're going to talk about who Jesus is, how Jesus saw people, and what Jesus did for people, and what Jesus is still doing every day for people. And so we're going to talk about that. I'm excited about it. This is my, I, I mentioned some of these stories um, when I was here last time, but these are my three favorite. <coughs> Excuse me. I've been getting over being sick. I got this lingering cough. Anybody else got that? So if I, like, um, hack up my lung on you, bro, <laughs> just don't give me mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, okay? I don't either. Okay, okay, good. So um, we're going we're gonna to open up our Bibles. We're going to look at three stories, three of my favorite stories, and we're going to look at and see how Jesus reacted to people different than him and reacted to people who obviously were not in a close, tight relationship with God. Okay, obviously. We're going to look at three different people. So we're going to start with John chapter... John chapter 4, we kind of got a little glimpse of it here in the video, but um, I want to start, John, I'm going to go down, and, and before we read this whole story, it's a story you know, a lot of us that have grown up in the church, we know this story, and it's one of my favorite stories because it's a great picture of how Jesus deals with the unloved, and the unlovely, if you will, but go down to verse 16 first, John chapter 4, verse 16, and this is what it says, Jesus says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And she says, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. So I want to share that first because it's super important to realize the context. We, we often read through the scripture and we go, man, this is a great scripture. Jesus really loved this woman and stuff. But you, but you see that before he even realized, before he even had a conversation with this woman, he knew who she was. He knew who she was. It wasn't just circumstances, but he knew who she was. And he knew what she was. He knew her past. I mean, Jesus has got some little advantage that we have, that we don't have, right? But it's actually kind of a disadvantage because if we had had some of these, if we had known who this woman was, we may not have reacted the same way Jesus did. Right? Would you agree with that? Okay, so let's, let's go in verse 4. We're going to read the whole scripture. It's a great scripture. Verse 4 says, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar. Near, that, near the field of Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Anybody know the, the, the reason why it's a big deal to Samaritan? Listen, this was a huge racial problem. You know, we think we have racial problems in the United States, and we do, right? But this was a huge racial problem. Jews and Samaritans did not like each other. They hated each other. As a matter of fact, oftentimes Jews would go around Samaria, but Jesus went, was going through it. Listen, they, the Jews thought Samaritans were half-breeds. And the love wasn't back, the love for them was not returned. They, they hated each other, right? Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. This doesn't seem strange. Because, you know, he's thirsty, right? It's the middle of the day. It's noontime. And um, he's thirsty. Now, I want you to remember what we know already. 
We know that Jesus knows who this woman is. And he knows what she is. And he knows her past. We can kind of infer some of it, but Jesus knows, right? I mean, um, the woman was surprised, it says, for Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. We've already talked about that. Plus, she was a woman and he was a dude, right? Uh, in those days, that you, you didn't um, do that. You didn't um, go and talk to a woman that wasn't your wife that was inappropriate, you know? And, and so it was. she was surprised. And also... She was there in the middle of the day. We know this, you know, because it says it was noontime. And you say, well, so what's the middle of the day? Hey, would you walk up a hill to get some water with a jar on your, on your, on your back carrying it or your head? Or I don't know how they carried it. Maybe she, um, maybe she just carried a bunch of empty water bottles and she went up there. I don't know, right? She went up there and she would gather water and she'd have to carry water back. But she, and she went in the middle of the day in a climate much like um, Las Vegas or Arizona. You know, it's a hot, hot part of the day. It's not when most people would go, right? Well, we kind of find out later why she would, she went to a different time. She couldn't be with everybody else because everybody else, man, this girl had a reputation, right? This girl has some issues. She'd been married five times, and she was now with a guy who wasn't even her husband, and she was known around the town. And so she didn't go get water when anybody else did. She went on her own. So, so Jesus has talked to her, and he asked her for a drink. And she says, you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And here's where it gets crazy. Jesus says something really weird. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God, the gift God has for you, who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would be giving you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is deep. Where would you get this living, this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go get your husband, Jesus told her. Was she inviting her for some to go get her husband so he could have some living water too. I, I, the, I think that the one thing that we're going to, I know that there's people, a lot of people here that are, that are followers of Jesus already, that have a relationship with him. So I want to kind of cover two tracks today. I want to talk to those of you who may not know Jesus yet, and who may have walked in here today and are kind of just kind of checking things out and checking out this whole Jesus thing and wanting to know more about who he is. But I also want to talk to those of us that have been Christians for a long time. Because it's really interesting to me that Jesus never even mentioned her sin. Didn't even mention it. I mean, he could have walked up and said, woman, what's your husband? Give me some water. Which is probably what most of us would have done. Well, hey, hey, where, 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 why, are you, why are you up here alone? I wonder why, lady. You know, no, no. He said, hey, let me give you something better than you've ever had before. There's a better way. You see, that's what Jesus always offers. He always offers a better way. <laughs> if you come in today and, and your life is a mess and, and you walk, you've walked in this place and, and, and last night was a crazy night and you had some issues and you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing and, you're, and your life's just messed and I'm not here today to point all that stuff out. I'm here today to tell you something. Jesus has something better for you something better. It's like living water. 
and it wells up inside you, and you'll never be thirsty again. That's what Jesus has to offer all of us. I love that Jesus' default is love. He offers this woman love. You wonder, maybe she's never really experienced love. You say, wait a second, man, she's been married five times. Well, you know, she's been married five times, but Jesus engages her where she's at, when she's hurting, in a, in, in a dry place in her life, and he says, listen, I have something better for you. And she says, I need that. I want that. Please give me that. You see, um, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, one of my favorite verses, it says, there's a path that seems right. There's a, there's a way that seems right to a man, right? There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to what? Death. Death. Destruction. There's a way that seems right to us. I know I mentioned this last time I was here because I mentioned it every time I speak. There's a way that seems right to every single one of us. And you know what? Man, that in our world that we live in today, most people would say, hey, that's the way we're supposed to live, how I think. It's called relativism, right? I, I, I got to be who, who I need to be. I, I know what's best for me. And the Bible says that that attitude leads to death and destruction. It leads to a mess. It leads to ruin. Some of us today walk in and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been there. You've been to a place of ruin in your life and it's all because it's all your fault. Some of you are walking in destruction, walking in death, and it's all your fault. You see, Jesus doesn't point all that stuff out. Jesus knows exactly where you're at. Says, you know what? I got something better. There's something better. I want to offer you something better. Jesus offers a better way. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end it leads to death. death and destruction. This is a mantra that you're going to get to know here, right? There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end it leads to death. death and destruction. But Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. John 10:10 10, 10 says, "The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy." The enemy. <coughs> Sorry. The enemy's job, not the little red pitchforks guy with the people wearing Halloween, but the real, live enemy, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, he's real, and he's out to destroy us. He's, the Bible says he's got a job description. And Jesus tells us what it is in John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There's something better. To the woman at the well, he offers new water, living water. Her way led to shame and being shunned. Jesus' way was better, a full and abundant life, a life with community. You know the rest of the story? She goes back to the town, and she says, hey, listen, listen, listen. Now remember, everybody knows who this woman is, right? I mean, you guys might know some people like this, right? And, and, and they, they, they walk in the room, and everybody knows who they are. Everybody knows what they've done. They, their stuff is out in the open, right? And, and she says, listen, I just met a man who knows everything about me. He loves me. And, and, and a movement starts in the city because of this woman. Hey, listen, Christians, be careful. Be careful how we treat people who don't know Jesus. Be careful how we treat people who are far from God. Be careful how we treat people who are, who are walking in darkness. We can't expect them to act like followers of Jesus because they're lost. 
be careful how you treat them because they just may be the catalyst to change this city. When God does something new in their life and offers them, a, when Jesus offers a better way, they may be the ones that God uses to change this city. Be careful how, what our default is. Jesus' default is love. So there's another man. There's another story. I love this story. Zacchaeus, right? Yeah, I think I may have mentioned this last time too, but it's okay because it's important. These are my stories, man. Zacchaeus, Luke 19, 1 through 10. You know the story? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. 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 He climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. You guys spent way too many Sunday school classes. Right? So Zacchaeus, here's the story. Another dude who's messed up. He's a wee little man. I used to think that meant he peed like a lot more than everybody else. He had to go wee wee, right? Wee wee wee. He just said that. Yes, he did. He was a wee little man. He was a short guy. Do you think he ever got made fun of growing up? I'm not going to tell you how bad I am. I'm bad. But when I was a kid, I made fun of people. Did you ever make fun of people? Did you ever get made fun of? How'd you feel? How's it feel to get made fun of? You probably get made fun of a lot, don't you, bro? <laughs> does it make you feel like tall and like awesome, or does it make you feel like you're like a little man? Right? Oh, little man. Okay, cool. Yeah. I understand. I've been there, right? We've all been there. We all understand a little bit what it means to be made of, make fun of. But this guy was short. And you know how cruel kids are. Have you ever thought about this part of the story? I'm crazy and I think this stuff, right? Zacchaeus, he was short. He was little. I wonder if the reason he got the job he did was because he hated everybody. He'd never been loved. He'd always been made fun of. This has been reading into the story, I know, but you know, you can see where we go, right? So he gets this job where he could stick it to people, right? And he could steal their money. He could take their money from them. He's a tax collector. I can do whatever I want. I work for the Roman IRS. And the Roman IRS is way worse than ours because he would go and he would say, hey, bro, hey, hey, you owe me $5,000. But really, you only owe the government like maybe $1,000. And so he was going to take the other four and put it in his pocket. And the government would back him up. So that's how he made his living. He was a rich man, and people hated him. Let's read this story. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way. It's just um, Luke chapter 10, I think, right? Is that what I said? Luke chapter 19, yeah, verse um, 1 through 10, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. We'll call him Zac. He was the, tax, the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a good look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Now, I've, I know this. You guys have been to, the, um, been to parades and stuff, right? When there's a parade, you let the short people up front, right? You let the kids up front so they can see, not Zacchaeus. Get behind us, Zacchaeus, because we don't like you. Why would we let you in front of us? You're a jerk. You took our money. You steal from us. We hate you. So the story goes, Jesus is walking by. I don't need, we don't need to read the whole thing. Jesus is walking by. He sees Zacchaeus, and what does he say? Zacchaeus, man, get out of that tree. Give everybody their money back. Quit being a thief. You're a jerk. Is that what he does? No, the crazy thing. And, I mean, he knows who he is, right? He's Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. 
I'm coming to your house today. I'm going to have dinner with you. How do you think everybody else felt? How do you think Common Ground Jerusalem felt, right? Or Jericho, sorry, Common Ground Jericho felt. They probably were irritated. Like, why, why is Jesus going to hang out with him? So he goes to his house. He asks, he talks to Zacchaeus, and he says, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord, before the Lord and said, <coughs> at the end, he, he talks to him and he, and, he, and he tells him about, and he offers him a better way, basically, right? He said, hey, listen, I'm going to come into your house. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus, verse 8 says, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I have cheated people on the, their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded. Now listen to what Jesus says. Salvation has come to this home today. Salvation. That's a, that's a church word, right? This guy has been saved, right? This guy has been taken from a place of, of lost to a place of found. You know, um, one of the things that we, we, there's a great quote by Lee Strobel, and, it says, and, it's, and it's this. And this is something we should celebrate on, on a day like Palm Sunday. And here's what it says. Jesus was a man who came not to make bad men good, but to make dead men alive. Listen, Zacchaeus, salvation has come to this house, home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save those who were lost. It's one of the scriptures we talk about when we talk about Jesus and we talk about the good news and we say, Jesus has come to, to seek and to save. He's talking about Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus has never been loved before, we, you know, probably. You know, he, he'd never been treated like this. And and, 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 and Jesus says, hey, I, I got a better way. There's a better way. Your way, Zacchaeus, your way has led to ruin. Your way has led to disaster. Your life is a mess. To Zacchaeus, he offers friendship. Something better. There's a better way. Zach's, Zach's way led to isolation and hate. He hated them. They hated him. Jesus' was, way was a better, full, abundant life and restored community. What would our default have been with Zacchaeus? Christians, followers of Christ, what would our default have been? Anger? Well, we see it, right? What did the rest of them say? Why is he going to the house of a sinner? If Jesus walked here today, whose house would he go to? And if he went to the wrong one, what would we say? Jesus offers a better way. He shows love. The third story, great story. You know this story. It's in um, John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back at the gate of the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. This is a bad woman. Adultery? That's bad. Right? Um, for those of you who don't understand what that is, ask your parents. Okay? For the rest of us, dude. Right? Caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, to kill her, right? We talked about that. You know, not stone, but stone, right? Kill. What do you say? They were trying to trap him, saying something that, that seemed fine, trying to find something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his hair. I, this is one I'm going to want to see in the rewind room when we get to heaven. You know there's a rewind room in heaven, right? You guys know that? I'm serious. 
there's a rewind room, and this is one I want to see. I want to see what he was writing in the, in the dirt. You know, tradition tells us I, I, um, that you know, maybe he was listing some of their transgressions, some of their indiscretions. Who knows what it was, right? We don't know. But for some reason, the writer says that he stooped and wrote some of them in the dirt. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. He, he said, okay. The law of Moses says she should be stoned for adultery. Go for it. But, 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 but before we do that, which one of you um, is without sin? Because you're the one that throws the first one. Then he stooped down and wrote dust again. Like he's just kind of waiting. You know? I, I, man, I got to see this one, right? I want to see what he was writing in the dust. Maybe he was just playing tic-tac-toe. I don't know. But, you know, he was doing something, right? So he stooped down, and, and when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only, and by the way, beginning with the oldest, the oldest took off first, right? He said, man, I got a lot of stuff in my trunk. I'm getting out of here, right? Until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. I, you know, I, I never noticed until just recently that, that that part where it says, in the middle of the crowd, there were other people still watching. The accusers left. Well, by the way, isn't it weird there was a crowd there? Kind of like in junior high when there's a fight. Everybody grabs around and fight, 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 fight. They were probably all gathered around going, stone, 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 right? They wanted to see the fun stuff, right? And Jesus puts on a show. Again, Jesus offers love and offers her something better. And in front of all these people, he says, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. To the adulterous woman, Jesus offers a better way. He offers her forgiveness. Her wet way led to public ridicule and death. Sorry. Jesus' way was a better way, an abundant life free from her sin. Our default might have been gossip. Pointing fingers, judgment, right? But Jesus' default was love. So let's talk about this default thing. Let's talk about Jesus' default. We kind of looked at all three stories here. Let's kind of just kind of review a little bit. The first thing was Jesus' default was love, right? He always loves. That's his default. The woman at the well, Zacchaeus, and the adulterous woman. Our default might be something different. As, as followers of Christ, often we leave with something different, right? We might leave with judgment. We might ignore them. We might shun them. We might isolate them, tanger them, have angry with them. We might gossip. <coughs> The second thing that Jesus offered is he offered hope, a better way. He offers a better way. Our default might be condemnation, but Jesus offered a hope and a new community. Now listen, he gave the woman at the well a drink. He gave Zacchaeus a new business plan. Right? He gave the adulterous woman a break. What does he need to give you? Forgiveness? Is it a new start? He's got something better for you. You might have come in here today thinking, man, I got I, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. It, it, it seems to be working. Every once in a while there's a bump or two in my life. The Bible says. 
There's a way that seems right to a man, and the end it leads to death and destruction. If it's not here yet, it's coming. Because your way is always the wrong way. There's a better way. Jesus is right. And he's offering it to you today. A new start. Forgiveness. He's offering love. We're going to sing a song, and then I'm going to come back up here. But I, I want you just to consider that this Jesus who loved the woman at the well, who loved Zacchaeus, who loved the adulterous woman, loves you just as deeply as he loved them.